Hello, this is Kim Langling, author, freelance writer, and podcast host, and you are listening in to Let Fear Bounce. Today, I have the lovely Marissa Santoro with me, and we are going to be talking about divine downloads and gutsy intuition. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and let's listen in to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. And today I have the lovely Marissa Santoro with me. She is coming to us from the New York City, New Jersey area. Hopefully I got that right. She is a TEDx speaker, author, gutsy career coach, and motivational speaker. A former, a former Wall Street executive, Marissa is the founder of the career platform In Our Shoes and the online school Gutsy Leadership Academy. Her work is based on the success growth principles she trains and coaches workplace professionals, businesses, and sales leaders on today. Welcome, welcome, Marissa. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? You are. You are, Kim. Some people say Marisa, Marissa, but you got it right. You're good. Well, and I was thinking that as I was saying it, and I'm going, I hope I'm doing that right. <laughs> oh, you're good. So welcome to Let Fear Bounce. I'm so glad to have you as a guest. And first off, I want to touch base on, because as an author myself, you are an author and you said you're a first time author. So tell me about that journey. Wow. Uh, journey's been a very appropriate word. Uh, <laughs> it certainly feels like it. Uh, I wrote the book uh, several years ago, well, several, um, about three years ago. And um, actually, uh, you know, that expression, you know, you have to present something with a different cover, a book with a different cover. Um, the book really didn't get accepted for the first year round of proposals I was sending out. Um, but because I'm a gutsy career coach, I didn't lose faith. I looked fear in the eye and I just kept setting it up the next round, you know, the next year. Um, and I literally put a different title on it. Um, you know, same book, different, different title, different angle, I guess you might say, uh, sold it from a different perspective and it took off. So, you know, that was a great lesson learned for me. Uh, I think it speaks to life in general that, you know, you hit a stop sign, you reroute and there's really no such thing as failure. So it's been exciting. That's wonderful. And so tell us the name of your book and a little bit about what it, what it's about. Sure. Uh, the name of the book is called Own Your Authority, and it's about following your instincts. Uh, it's about embracing your confidence and really establishing yourself as a leader that people trust. Uh, and in the world of inclusion, uh, you know, the word trust really can't be taken lightly. You know, you have to, how do you walk into a room and make people feel at ease and comfortable, even if you are in a position of authority or not? Um, so it's really based on my own career. I was, uh, you know, Wall Street for 20 years, uh, my own corporate career, but also all the professionals I've coached while I was there and, um, and even today. So it's, it's practical, hands-on, gutsy advice, you know, not theory, not academic research. It is the real deal. That sounds great. And I love that because it sounds like you just, the book, you're just keeping it real. Yeah. And I love it. And I also like how you mentioned, um, embracing your confidence. Yes. I like those words together, embracing your confidence and also trust. And it can't be, it can't be taken lightly, which I've always believed you can't, you can't trust is not to be taken lightly. And at times it's, it takes a while to earn, uh, especially in the workplace. But, uh, you are, did you traditional publish or self-publish or hybrid publish? 
Uh, this is traditional. This is with McGraw-Hill. Uh, they picked up my book uh, right at the start of COVID when the pandemic started. And um, I had just finished a TEDx and my, my TEDx was called Speaking Without Apology, which is a chapter, a major section of the book. Um, so yeah, so I went the traditional route, although I, again, I wasn't really fixed to a specific path. I just knew I wanted to get this message out, uh, this gutsy leader message called Own Your Authority. And um, and that's, you know, as, as, as luck habit and, and intention, I guess you might say, I, I, I was able to get a major publisher to pick up my book. That's exciting. So congratulations, really big congratulations on that, because it's, it's not so easy to get uh, published traditionally anymore. No, no. In fact, uh, when I went to Book Expo the year before I got the book deal, I walked around the Jacob Javits Center, which is, you know, it only happens once a year here in New York, one of the two major ones in the world, the other one being, I believe, in England, um, Book Expo. Uh, and everyone over there on the floor said, well, you know, you can look around, but you'll be lucky to get a book deal. You know, not many, not anyone you know, gets it. It's a needle in the haystack. And it's not like I was on this journey to like, you know, go for the big bang. It was just like, well, you know what? I think my, I think my message is strong enough for the masses. And so why not? Why not get a traditional publisher? So that, that was sort of my mindset, but I wasn't fixed on it either. I would have, you know, if whoever can get me, you know, Oprah, whoever it is, <laughs> push out the message. And, and I just want to support people because I know that there are many, many professionals who struggle with many of the same things that I, that I address in the book. And it's not even just women or men, it's, it's everybody in all types of fields. So uh, I'm really, really excited and most of all grateful. I like the name of your academy, Gutsy Leadership Academy. Thank you. Yeah, the Gutsy Leadership thing, that, that sort of started in Brooklyn. I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. And for all those that may be from Brooklyn, you sort of know what I mean. There's this like a gutsy edge that you have to have. <laughs> I think that's where it started. I grew up in an immigrant family, so I had to be a little gutsy about immersing with Americans and still establishing my own identity. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure where it started. I just always felt that, you know, you really can have what, or create what you want if you really believe in yourself and have that self-confidence in yourself. And so um, at a young age, I just um, I kind of groomed, groomed and nurtured my, my, my self-esteem to speak up and, uh, and, then, and then later to support others and go in gutsy, as I say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, you just mentioned when you were younger that, you know, you, you groomed yourself to speak out. Did you always do it in the right way when you were younger? Did you have a lot of lessons learned as you rolled with that? I would love to give you the textbook answer and say, sure. <laughs> no, no. I grew up in a very loud, loud household of a uh, very Sicilian household. I barely spoke in my own family. I spoke, I kept to my bedroom for most of my life up until I left. I left. Um, so uh, I would say I was groomed to, to only learn how to speak loud and noisily but by observing others you know how they were speaking around me uh i sort of i was an introvert I, I kind of stuck to my little corner of the woods and then when i entered in the professional workforce what i realized is that uh being quiet especially in a wall street environment where there weren't that many women i was in tech i was a tech executive so there weren't many women in executive leadership there weren't any women many in wall street or role models I sort of learned from day one, you know, if I'm going to survive in this environment, my quiet little uh, corner of the, of the world was not going to survive. You know, it was like sink or swim. And that's sort of where I found my voice. But 
I personally, um, yeah, I was pretty quiet. And then, you know, quiet power, I, I learned actually has uh, speaks volumes. You can be quiet and, and very assertive and, and, and have power, not control, but power and influence. There is, and there is a difference between the power and the control thing. <laughs> yes, a lot of people tend to confuse that, don't they? They feel they take power and they uh, take advantage and manipulate people with it. But I believe power, you know, power is influence. It's, it's influencing change and, and, and to be used in a good way. Um, unfortunately, not everyone agrees with that, but it's a good thing. And I think more of us have to embrace our own power. Own, own your power is really what I wanted the title of this book to be, but that sounds a little too, uh, <laughs> I guess a little bit too more on the, um, I don't know, more on the mindfulness side. So this is a business book uh, for professionals. So own your authority felt, felt like a nice, nice middle ground. And I, I love the title. I love the title It because it catches your attention. It makes you want to read the back flap at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So let me see here. You talk about leadership talk topics that encourage professionals to push past their limiting beliefs. So do you typically work with like corporations or businesses or small businesses or women businesses? What is it? What's your focus? Yeah, actually all of the above. Uh, I started out as a speaker, as a keynote speaker, motivational speaker for corporate government, uh, you know, uh, small businesses. And uh, today I coach professionals, mainly from all of those environments. Uh, I coach a lot of corporate professionals, but also those in, uh, in different sectors, nonprofits, government, um, and also work with entrepreneurs. Uh, not really on my, it wasn't on my radar, but what I learned after leaving corporate after 20 years was I found a lot of people that want to leave as well and they wanted to know how I did it and how I exited and it wasn't easy it wasn't overnight I don't teach you know how to jump from the sky and, and follow your dreams although that sounds great you know you have to take a gutsy strategic approach to it but you can exit and you can um, leverage your day job to create the, the, the role and the, and the vision that you have. So those are really the mainly mid-level managers, leaders, and executives, um, even even millennials just going into into their first job. So it, it's really fun because I, I what I've learned across all of those you know different roles is that they all struggle with the same thing. You know, you're not that much different. The managing director who's struggling with you know speaking in a public setting isn't that much different from the person just out of college who's like get, gets a little bit of stomach jitters you know right before an audience it's, it's really no different and that's what i think is so beautiful about humanity we, we really are all you know um beautifully intertwined in that way sharing our same same struggles now you had also mentioned in your bio about no one in leadership space is talking about intuition yes Yes, so that's a big one. Um, much like the title, Own Your Power, I don't think, you know, the, I'll, I'll be honest, the, <laughs> the original title that I pitched this book with was called uh, Influence Through Instinct or Influence Through Intuition. I was playing off both, um, but that wouldn't sell, right? Uh, I believe, though, intuition, that gut instinct, is at the center of all of our major decisions. I believe that because it's not real and it's not physically something we can touch and feel, we don't give it enough attention, but yet it is so strong and powerful. It is behind everything. It's, it's the reason you, you come out of a shower and you have like a million dollar idea, but you just don't know it yet, right? And so it's that sixth sense that I really believe that if we can just tap into on a regular basis through whatever means, and there's some people do meditation, yoga, art, whatever that is, whatever turns off your rational logic brain, 
puts it to bed and, and, and invokes that creativity, that's when you tap into your intuition. And it's, it's really your spirit. It's your higher spirit just, just guiding you. And um, honestly, if you look back at any bad decision or poor decision that you've made in your, your life, whatever it was, no judgment, you know, wasn't your gut always telling you otherwise, right? Did you follow your gut? And, and that really just speaks for itself. I don't have to sell that, you know? Right. But intuition is, uh, is really the, the heart of gutsy leadership. I just don't market it that way because I don't think everybody's ready to talk about the sixth sense. But if you're a human being and you're living on this planet, you have it, whether you like it or not. <laughs> oh, I think, you I think you should eventually go full bore with that upfront intuition. Yeah, I mean, I do with my Gutsy Leadership Academy and the people that meet me, I don't hold back. But, uh, you know, I don't talk about what I call the Gutsy Guidance System or GGS like I would, you know, to someone like you, for instance, who was interested in intuition as well. Um, I think there's still a level of um, uncertainty because people know and love it, but they don't necessarily trust it. And so when I talk about tr be trusting, you know, yourself and, and trust having others trust you as a leader in business, it's really following your intuition and, and trusting your, your gut and trusting itself leadership, right? If you can't trust yourself, how, how will you lead others to trust you and to lead a team and a project, right? Exactly. So, uh, all roads really lead to, uh, to intuition. We were talking briefly off mic here. Um, that I had just, and I'm sure you've probably seen this in, in the past year. Um, I lost my job during this whole COVID craziness yeah. thing in November. And I had not planned on working full time from home on my writing and freelance writing. But that's how life, that's what life threw at me. And I thought, well, okay. Um, and my gut instinct, which I find myself going with more and more over the years mm. and trusting it more and more, my gut instinct was, all right, well, Kim, you're in this position now. Do it. Grab a hold of it. Rock it. You know? Yes. So is that something that, you know, you recommend? No, but a lot of people like me were put in that position. You may have had a plan. I did too. I had a plan. But then all of a sudden the world went, nah, we're going to change things up for you today. <laughs> and, right. you know, life changed. So I find myself in that position where it's like, I'm gonna, you know, I gotta follow my gut instinct. And over the last several months, I've had many opportunities put in my path, many mm -hmm. opportunities put in my path that I wasn't looking for. And I'm going, yeah, I'm glad I followed my instinct on that one, my intuition, you know, instead of frantically searching for another job, another job in an office, it didn't make me happy. I was just kind of treading, you know, just kind yeah. of, slumping along day by day and I'm having an absolute blast working on getting my own thing going um a lot of work when you're when you're doing your own thing have you ran into or had to, or spoken with or worked with a lot of people over the last year that have found that themselves in that position it's like oh boom here I am I've got to make a decision now I have found so many people have come out of the woodwork as a result of the last year. And I think the main driver in that is once they were removed from their normal environment, their normal working environment, they were sort of faced to really look at their life and say, what am I doing? You know, where am I headed? And, and they've also noticed one of the biggest things I've noticed is the shift in their bodies. So many people were feeling healthier. If they were working in a toxic environment, they were feeling so much healthier. If they were getting... Uh, let go, uh, you know, getting the pink slip, they were silently celebrating at home 
oh my God, I never thought I would be so relieved. It's like a blessing, right? And so as a coach, that's really where I saw a big influx of people because people were looking for a new job or maybe not even looking for a new career, but looking for the purpose, like what's next for me? What could I create? Um, so, you know, if you look at me, I didn't go from like tech leader to tech coach. I'm not a you know technology centric coach. I went from, I did a complete pivot, you know? And so for me, following your, your purpose was, was very much, you know, something that I knew and know about and can talk to. So I think that that uh, realization that we sort of like a, a conscious awakening, you know, when you talk about unconsciousness and consciousness, I think people are feeling it. They may not always understand it, but a real fun fact, um, the week of March 9th in uh, 2020, uh, there was a trend that was being searched in Google and that was on mindfulness and meditation that entire week of March 9th in the United States. And, and that wasn't random. People were turning to tools on how to process and how to deal, right? Because they felt something shifting. It wasn't just the news. It was, uh, you know, a real awakening that was happening. So that, those are the, some of the major patterns that I've seen from people just in the last year alone. And I think it's beautiful. I, I always try to look at a circumstance that seems difficult and say, what could possibly I be creating right now? Just like in your example, right? Where you, you know, you, with your uh, day job, right? Like what could possibly be on the way that's going to support me to an even greater abundant life, right? And it's not easy to say that when you have all this contrast in your face, because you're, you know, the typical reason, the logic side of our brain would say, you know, run, fear, let's, you know, jet out of here, let's do something. But then the other side of your brain is like, you know what, maybe this could actually turn into something that could be the best thing that happened to me. And that's your story, right? So, um, yes, today. and I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to it. I'm in the beginning stages of it. But, you know, it's, it's so much easier to put all the hours that are needed and the hard work into something that you truly love doing, and you truly feel is your purpose. Yes might be a bumpy road might be a couple months that are a little thin but you know what peanut butter and jelly sandwiches never killed anybody you know? <laughs> that's right i love that I, I we actually make cream cheese and jelly here at home <laughs> but it's so true i love that it's so true it is true yeah so you know no one ever died from just eating sandwiches for a while <laughs> that's right that's right and and, you know, you almost get what you described, uh, you know, it, it's almost like you get bonused, right? When you talked about how things just started to open up, right, from following your gut, that's how it works. Like if there was a little secret sauce to this, that's how it works. You take one little step, one little gutsy move. I call them gutsy moves, things that are tiny risks. And then from that one tiny gutsy move, all of a sudden, another opportunity approaches you and you jump on that. And then it's like another chain reaction. And then you have opportunity. Then it's like, in my, what I, how I describe it is you are bonused. You know, you just keep bonusing, get, getting all these bonuses and rewards for following your gut. And that's what some people don't realize, you know, they're so forced to the fixed path. The fixed path in your case would be put a resume out there, go start talking with recruiters, get yourself out there, fear, fear, fear. And yeah, sure, maybe you could have done that at the same time, but you went the path that you felt was the least resistance which is really important, the least resistance, and that just felt, felt, felt right, and that's your gut. So perfect example, it's like live and in play, just, just, just hearing your story. Yeah, and it's, um, I, I didn't hesitate. Normally, right. in, in a situation like that, even two years ago, 
I would have thought, no, no, I have to get a job. I have to have something that I have a paycheck coming in every week, you know, and there was, like you said, you, you noticed across the board the whole past year, people were having a mind shift and they were looking at mindfulness that week of, you know, March 9th, you had mentioned. Yeah. And I, everyone I've talked to has had that gentle and sometimes not so gentle mind shift and a lot of they're slowing down and looking at things and noticing things that are the truly important things Mm. and i've talked to a lot of people that have mentioned that they said you know we we have slowed down and a lot of folks especially in europe they're on that lockdown for what the third time now Mm. and they're not allowed to do anything i mean nothing and they're very it's very strict in certain areas and they said that they find themselves appreciating what they have not what they thought they needed right and i think that that's a good thing yes that's the level of consciousness i was describing like just Mm -hmm. being aware and present right being more present so what's staring you right in the face usually those things are just there yeah, I, I, I take too much for granted. Yeah, exactly. you have you have some of that taken away. And you realize, Oh, you know what, I'm pretty darn blessed with everything I have right now. That's right. You know, I and I'm not a person that strives for material things. That's just that's just not me. I don't need the the fancy car. And you know, all of the the newest highest text type stuff. I live in the country have lived in the country my whole life and I like keeping things mellow and simple. I've got myself a nice Jeep that gets me around where I need to go. You know, I don't, I don't need to upgrade to a Mercedes or anything like that. Nothing wrong with Mercedes or anything like that. Just, I don't, I don't see, I'm not the type of person who has to constantly upgrade to get bigger and better, bigger and better. What I want is what fills my soul. Yes. You know, I, if I found my purpose, which I think I have, and it feels right and it took a while to get there i'm now in my early 50s but it feels right i'm i'm rolling with it and and i'm not going to let fear or my self-worth you know you get those little darts that come at you every once in a while oh gosh should i really still be doing this you know am i good enough i'm letting all of that stuff just while well, the title of my podcast let fear bounce i am just letting it bounce and going with my heart and my gut and I think I'm on the right track and I love that you provide the tools for people who might be hedging on it, not real sure, a little insecure in that. I love all of the tools that you've mentioned that you can provide to people. Do you have like a certain story or a specific story that was just like a total shift with someone that you worked with over the last year? Uh, Yeah, I actually have several. one major shift that I could think of right more recent is um, is someone who has uh, she was also corporate in corporate world and she um, realized that one of the reasons we started coaching was her lack of feeling like she was visible the visibility factor of making herself visible even though she was extremely articulate very um, very professional and an expert of what she knew uh, one of the major shifts that she had and I find this is a pattern actually it's a, a very interesting that she had a foot accident she had an accident and as a result of that accident all of a sudden she had to rely on people 
and attention because of her past that she was hobbling around with. And as a result of that, although up front it seemed like a devastating, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, setback for her career, for traveling, um, this actually was a good thing because people started asking her about her, it was like a topic of attention. It was interesting. It was like, you know, all of a sudden the center of attention and the spotlight is on her. Um, and I've seen that come up over and over, not, not necessarily an injury, but just something in your life that sort of yanks you out of your current reality. Like it's a start, a shift. And uh, you don't really understand it. You resist it at first, you're complaining about it. And then you just realize, you know what? This is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I think that those are the breakthroughs, right? And I call those the breakdowns before the breakthroughs. You, know, you almost have to have a breakdown before that breakthrough, because if it weren't there, then how would you know it's a breakthrough, right? In a way, you know, that's your story. So um, I would say that that's a common theme in, in the people that I work with, um, but they have to also be willing to have the breakdowns before the breakthrough. I think a lot of people feel uh, scared about them. They don't want to face any breakdowns. Right. And nobody does, right? Personally, I just went through by own in my own way. Uh, we just hit a deer or a deer here that hit us while we were driving as a result of COVID. Uh, hunting season is not as, as high. And so there's more deer, less thinned, less thinned out herds. And so, um, you know, this was my, my favorite car. I've had it for years, you know, would have gone another 100,000 miles. And I was so upset about it. You know, I really had to get myself in the frame of mind. And I realized, you know what? I've been actually wanting and deserving a new car. I just didn't want to do it like you, right? I didn't need the Mercedes and the Lexus. I can afford those things. This was my little baby. And so now that that's all done, I'm at a point, you know, this week where I'm like excited to buy a new car, but it's not even about the car, right? It's just about, I deserve happiness and success, you know? And, and, and those things don't necessarily have to come with material. But um, they're just events that happen in your life that make you think, wow, you know, how can this actually be supporting me? And how am I attracting abundance into my life? Um, so, yeah, so it's really, a, it's really a great question that you've asked. Nobody's ever, nobody's ever asked me that. I think, I think that's a great uh, insight for myself when I think about themes across people's uh, journey. Yeah, and you, there's, probably, there's probably a lot of similarities. I mean, everybody has their own lives, you know, and their own stories to share. But I've found that just through, I do a lot of interviewing with folks and uh, one of my books is literally just interviews that I've had with veterans. And there's, there's usually um, that line that connects, that connects everybody. Doesn't matter what your culture is, your beliefs are, your religion may be. Um, and I was just speaking earlier today with a, a with a lovely lady and from South Africa, and she practices a completely different religion, uh, totally different from mine. And off mic, I, I asked her about it because I was curious. You know, well, what does this mean? You know, and there's this line. I, it, it was just, and I, I'm very visual again, like I said. But I've pictured and everything you're talking about. I see the same line, like a fishing line. You know how. It's, it's, it's clear, so you can almost see through it. It's very, very thin, but it's incredibly strong. Fishing wow. line, very, very strong. And that line, that's how I picture all the differences and all the, you know, everybody, like how you're helping people. You're, you're a section of that line, huh. keeping everything. We're all on that line together. We're all connected in some way. 
Yes, yes. You know, and I, for whatever reason, I keep getting the last couple days, and it's, it's in my head for a reason, so I'm going to have to explore that more. But this whole fishing line thing, it's almost invisible, yes. yet incredibly strong. Yes, yes. That's a great analogy. I, um, I, I love it. And it, it, it also relates to like the fabric of life, right? The fabric of the lines of life between us. That's a really great analogy. I've never heard that before. It just popped in my head yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then when you think about networking, right? And throwing your mind out there to see who you can meet and opportunities, right? It ties right into that. That's actually really poetic. I love that. Well, if you're I'm going to have to explore more and do something yes. with it, I think. <laughs> yes, if you're getting the, that, that image uh, and more and more from your guide, there might be something there that, that really uncover. And I get, and that's how a lot of my ideas come. Out of, you know, seemingly random, mm -hmm. seemingly yes. out of the blue, but it's always a picture in my head. I, yeah. I can see a very clear picture. And it's funny, I... Um, and I was talking yesterday to somebody about, I mentioned the fishing line. They weren't quite getting it. They just weren't quite getting it. And I was like, no, it's not a person sitting on the bank of a river no, no. tossing it out there. I go, this is just the coil of fishing line before you put it on the rod. And then, yeah. then they went, oh. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, and then I liked how you said, like, we're all sections of this single line, you know, making it and expanding it, just like the universe is expanding, right? We're all expanding. It's silly. And, and really, most of casting your net out into the, the water is limitless. We right. are. Right. And I like the strength. For whatever reason, that yeah. word keeps coming to me, that thin, that thin wire. Yes. It's almost invisible. Yes. Has incredible strength. And if we all realize that we're all part of that. Yes. And you have it as a support, right? The support exactly. Exactly. Oh, yes. Yes. I really, uh, I love that. Strength really and, there's, there's strength and power in that. And uh, I'm going to have to dig into that a little more deeply. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if you, I mean, you're a writer, right? So I guess you do your own morning pages, but anything that's in stream of consciousness. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's great. Lots of different ways you can go with that. Oh, yeah. Yes, there is. I like how you just said stream of consciousness. A lot of times I walk a lot. Like I said, I live in the country. So twice a day, first thing in the morning, usually around 5 a.m., my dog and I are out in the fields in the woods walking in the dark before the birds are awake. Oh. And that's when a lot of things pop in my head. And I always have my phone with me because you never know. I might fall in a woodchuck hole and break my ankle. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I'll grab my phone and talk into it. Because, oh. you know, and I'll just start saying, all right, this is what just came to my head. And I start talking. Wow. <laughs> and sometimes it makes sense later on. And then I let it sit. I always say, I put it aside and let it simmer. Right. That's what I always say. Let Even if I'm starting a book or a new short story, I'll yeah. write it out. I spew it out is how I say it. I just spew oh. it out there. And then I walk away for a day or two. Yeah. Let it simmer and bubble. And then I'll come back and read it and go, Oh, I think I got something there. Or, wow, that really needs to be tweaked a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, that first dump, that brain dump that you have coming from source, what I call source, creative consciousness, that is pristine. That's like, you know, pure, untouched thought, unfiltered thought. That is, it's gold. It's gold. And that's why we have a lot of these, I call them at Gutsy Leadership Academy, we call them divine downloads. 
what you just described. You know, and that's why in the shower we have divine downloads because water also stimulates that, right? The, the, um, the intuitive, I also call them intuitive hits. Like when you have a hit, you act on it. Um, and as a writer, that's so important. Even if you weren't a writer, if you're like doing a presentation or, or something, like you really just want to let it just go, a resume even, just throw it on the page. Don't worry about editing it. Don't try to edit, fix it, right? There's nothing wrong with it. It's it's goals. And then later, you know, it'll just be like this fresh copy that you can do whatever you want, like an artist. Yeah. Each way. But I think, yeah, that's great. One thing I wanted to share, when you were saying you record what you say in your phone, Yep. A lot of times um, what I found is that whenever I am sharing something new, like I could be writing something, before I'll actually get it on paper, I might do that as well. I might record it. And there's something that happens when you speak out loud right before you share it with someone else or before you write it down, because it's like you hear your voice echoing the words and you'll know Im immediately if it feels right or if it doesn't feel right. And that's also your gut. That's also a little signal that you can tap into. If, if you feel like you're hearing your own voice, sharing your own words, if you feel like they really resonate, then that's also an indicator that it's your gut. And if it doesn't, if it feels like a little off, then yeah, then maybe not. So it's interesting that you do that. Yeah, I, f I have found that listening, listening back to myself, although uncomfortable at times, yeah. hugely helpful for me and always has been. And I think I've always done it. It was just an instinctual thing. I was not, it's not something I was taught to do. Um, I wasn't taught to write. It's just, I just started, you know, someone asked me to write an article for a newspaper one time on veteran issues. And I said, I've never done it before, but sure, I'll try. And then, you know, 16 years later, I'm still doing a monthly article for the same newspaper. Wow. So, and that's how I've, I've done a lot of it. Recordings listening yeah. back and there's power there's power in the spoken word oh i love that and how it's and how it is presented and the you know the annotation that you use and 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 the volume that you use there's power in that power in the written word uh, i love words can you tell i'm i mean i just i can tell i always say words matter I have that in my book, words matter. People don't think they do, but they really, really matter. But the most important words are the words you're telling yourself. Those exactly. Are, right? And then after that, let it rip. Don't worry about how you sound to anyone else. If those words sound good to you and your voice and your writing, then let it rip. That's how That's it goes. Right. <laughs> I love that, just let it rip. <laughs> See, you have yourself a title for a new book, let it rip. <laughs> I do, I do. That sounds real gutsy, doesn't it? <laughs> Before we wrap up here today, I would like, if you are able to or want to, is to provide one quick tip for our listeners that they can take away with them, tuck away in their pocket or their purse, and use as the days go on ahead of them. Yeah, so I guess I, the best thing I could uh, come, think of right now on the subject of, of gutsy, you know, following your gut, gutsy moves is, you know, that's a common question. How do I know I'm following my gut? Well, you know, in order for you to really know if you're following your gut, there's two emotions that must must coexist at the same time. And if they don't, then it probably isn't a gutsy move. And those two emotions are you have to feel a little bit nervous and a little bit excited at the same time. The nervous and excitement together come together and align you in some way, shape or form. That's the one thing that I've seen happen. So if you feel any doubt about a decision, 
just ask yourself, does this excite me? Is it thrilling? And at the same time, scare me just a little bit, or maybe a lot, it doesn't even have to be in terms of grades. Uh, but you have to have that, that, that little mix in there. And normally, if you, you know, typically if you, if, if they do, do to coexist, then it's a gutsy move and it will support you and you, you will be supported. You, you can trust that. You can trust yourself, self-trust. So um, I hope that supports your listeners. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. And thanks again so much for being my guest today on Let Fear Bounce. I would love to have you back on again in a few months if you're open to that. Oh, I, I would love, love, love that, Kim. This was so much fun. I, it I was fun. Love you, your- are, you are a wealth of knowledge, uh, <laughs> just a wealth of knowledge. And I, I truly enjoyed talking with you today. So thanks again and have a wonderful day. Thank you.